Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Thank you so much for the warm welcome, everyone. Uh, thank you, Pastor Matt and Pastor Charmaine. I uh, I actually didn't expect that welcome to be like that today, and so I just I, I love it. It's just such an honor to be able to share with you today. Um, it's an honor to be here in front of you. To be honest, it's a little weird because I'm used to being at the front, you know, and I usually miss all the fun beginnings and everything that happens in here. But can we give it up for a production team? Like they're just so amazing. <laughs> Like, you know, like playing the, the, the funny clips and kind of getting us in the mood and just opening us up, you know. Can you believe that this is how church can be, right? Like, isn't that amazing? I, I never thought that church could be this cool, this fun. Um, and it's a pleasure to be part of this, of this place. And I, it really, like, I, I did a lot of work this week because we're preparing for that conference. Um, it's, it's happening this, this week, right? So it's coming up so fast, just in a few days. Uh, we'll have speakers from all over coming in and joining us. And so we're getting the place ready, and it's just so, so exciting. So I brought something today. I know it's, uh, it's awesome. It's called glasses. And... Last time, last time I was spoke up here, I couldn't even see who was in the room because I don't see that well past like the fourth row or so. Um, and I decided I was going to see in 3D today. You know, Pastor Matt talks about living in 3D and it's so, I'm like, how about I see in 3D, you know? I love a little Bodhi up there too, Anya. This is great. <laughs> awesome. Are we ready to dig right into it? All right, so we're going to go point number one right now. We're going to get right into it really good. From religion to relationship. Oh, yeah. Oh, I just struck a nerve, didn't I? Okay. Well, I was raised in a Catholic upbringing. Uh, my great uncle was a, pa- uh, was a priest, and my great aunt was a nun and actually still is to this day. And, um, you know, back in Quebec, that was just the norm. You know, we were all obligated to go to church on a Sunday. Um, and that's just how it went. You know, we went there every Sunday or every Sunday we could. And, and I went until the age of 16 when I finally had enough. But at the age of 12 or 13, I did something that was super smart. I wanted to pass time a little faster during church because it was so dry and boring. Um, and so what I did is I became an altar boy. You know, like those guys with the robes, you know, with the, with the strings and everything. I was one of those dudes. Okay. And so I went up there and uh, it was great. You know, is um, it was fun. I actually had a football experience right in the middle of the front of the church the one time. Um, what happened was I actually, uh, there was like these steps going up to the, to the mantle or whatever, right? The middle uh, where the priest hangs out. And I missed a step and I actually fell down and I was holding the offering in my, like not the offering, but the communion in my hands. And so I had all the bread in there. <laughs> and so I fell down and I'm still holding it, right? And I was like, and then this guy comes after me. He's like, dude, that was amazing. Have you ever considered football? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you didn't even lose one piece of bread. I'm like, I know, I know it's fun. Um, but yeah, so from the age of 16, when I left the church uh, until age 28, I did my life on my own terms, no church at all. Um, but what stuck with me throughout my young adulthood was, you know, the church may, may have been a little different than what I would have wanted, 
but it did teach me two things that were great, and that's ethics and morals on how to live your life. And so even though I went astray from that, I knew the good and I knew the bad, and I knew that I was straying away from that, but there's always a price to pay for that. Um, I found out, you know, that religion is, is really, that it bothered me, you know, because it's about man-made laws and rules. Um, and I honestly believe that I had to be perfect in order to be loved and in order to come forward to Jesus or even be part of God, right? Like just be part of his love and to come to God. Um, and my life went sideways big time. And when I met Pastor Matt, and he knows this, um, I was done. Okay, like I had checked everything out in the world, right? Like, I, I, you know, the world, you look at what it has to offer, right? If it's money, travels, relationships, whatever, you're always kind of digging in. And then I found, I was, one day I was like, there has to be more. Like there has to be something I'm missing. And I'm so grateful for God, for him giving me that, you know, that wisdom right there. Like, hey, there is more. Keep seeking, right? Because I was done, right? And so nine years ago, last Sunday, Yep. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. Live. Yeah. Nine years ago, last Sunday, I met this amazing man of God. You may know him. He might have just been on the screen. His name is Pastor Matt. And I met him at a networking event. And he, uh, he just, you know what? He showed me something that was, that I didn't even know. Right. And he showed me that God wanted to do life with us and that it was all about relationship. Right? That's what he wanted. And the whole story of the Bible, really, if you read it, it's a love story between God and his people. So us, right? He yearns for us and he, he cares. He's got this tender heart. Um, like, and for me, it, just, it was like a belief issue. Like, how, I can't believe that you can love me so much even though of what I've done, right? What I've thought, what's been in my head, what's been in my heart. Right, I, I just, I had a hard time believing that, but that's okay. And that's okay. And if you're sitting here today and you're wondering like, how could I possibly be accepted by God? Don't worry. He loves you just the way you are. And honestly, I went from being so burnt to religion and wanting to burn churches down, like no joke, to building them. Now I'm, I'm you know, and so talk about, right? Right? Like talk about a, a restoration right then and there. And you know what? I learned that we are the church, but I also learned that, you know, God, like he can go through us and just work with us and come together. And really we need to choose with our hearts to be all in. Jeremiah 24, seven says, I will give them a heart to know me that I am the Lord. They will be my people and I will be their God for they will return to me with all their heart. Hi. Oh, Bodie. Oh, man. Okay, where was I? Uh, okay, so really God simply wants our hearts. He wants to be all in relationship with us through his one and only son that he gave for us, Jesus. And the question is, will we be all in for him? Right? And you know what? You got you to let that question kind of sink in, but that's, that's asking a lot, right? And I'm not gonna lie to you, at the beginning, I wasn't. <laughs> it took time, it took time. 
And I, I worked through it, right? I worked through that because um, actually Jeremy spoke on this this morning. It's perfect. Okay, the beginning of Ephesians 5, which we're going to get dig into, talks about control. We like to have control over our lives because the world, the world teaches us to have control over our lives. Um, and so giving up that control took time for me. John 3, 16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And so when I learned that I didn't need to be perfect and that God wasn't condemning me from what I had done, that he loved me just the way I am, even with all my faults, all my mistakes, I made the decision to love him back and start this relationship. And I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't, I decided to stick with it anyways, right? I knew it was going to be a process and that's okay. But in order to do that, I, I needed to have a healthy community around me. That leads me to my point two, from alone and broken to community and restoration, right? So I plugged into the wonderful church that Pastor Matt invited me to and started serving and I slowly started to do life with people in the church. And that was pretty much like, you know, Pastor Matt and some of the other leaders in the church that were, um, I was in the hospitality team, go figure, right? And, uh, and they helped me, you know, and they spent time with me. And uh, one of the pastors that's actually been here recently, Pastor John, he was monumental for me, you know? And I just love how accepting everybody was. And it was a very good, um, a good way for them to show me how Jesus really is towards us. Um, and I'm going to put a plug right here. If you don't understand how Jesus is, go watch The Chosen. It's a, it's a show that's available for free. The Chosen, I'm a very visual person, as you can see with my glasses here. Um, but it, the, the, the show's well done. It's very, uh, a very spirit-led um, ministry. And it's just amazing because you get to see how Jesus really is portrayed. And for me, it took actually that to really help me sink in. Hey, Jesus was cool. He was one of us, but he was amazing. Um, and it really, really helped me. And so Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. God wants the best for us. And so we are in relationship with him and we will, over time, you know, we'll, we will make decisions um, and we will try to move forward, right? And that's the idea is to become the best version of ourselves by making healthy choices. Now, is this process, this refining process, is that easy? No, <laughs> right? Is it straightforward? Is it, is it just a straight line up? No, <laughs> right? There's ups and downs and that's totally okay because life is all about that. People say they do not need to go to church. Okay, I get this a lot. I get this often. And they say that they don't need to be part of a local church because they are the church. You know, that they can do the church at home and that's fine. But I'm like, no. Sure, we are the church as people. But who then is instructing you, doing life with you in community? And then here's the kicker. Who's keeping you accountable to help you become the best version of yourself, right? That's why we need this. We need, we need this community. 
Hebrews 10.25 says, not giving up meeting together as some of, some of you are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more that you see the day approaching. Proverbs 18.1 again says more of this. Whoever isolates himself, seeks his own desire, he breaks out against all sound judgment. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, 10. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow, but who to him who is alone when he falls and is not another to lift him up. So again, the word of God keeps talking about not doing things alone, right? And even in ministry here, um, we, as much as possible, we go two by twos. We go at least with two, if not more. We try to go out because together we're stronger. If one person makes a mistake, the other person's there to correct. The other person's there to lift us up. And so it's really key, right? And so really, when you look at that in life, we need to do the same thing together because together is better, right? We saw the last three years, we saw a lot of isolation and we saw the fruit of that. The fruit of that is depression. Um, come on, communication skills went downhill. Like we saw it, right? And so the proof is there. Now here, check this out. Right at the beginning of, of the Bible, Genesis, okay? Genesis 2.18 even said, the Lord, the Lord said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now, if you, you might not know the story and that's okay, but that's when Adam got his wife right there, right at the very beginning. And so, you know, let's be real here. You know, are you really going to tackle the hard truths that you're not willing to face on your own? And the answer is no, right? The whole purpose of life is to do life, not to do life alone. We need community and we thrive in community. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And all I know is that one, I couldn't do life without God. And two, I could not do it without my church community. And as I grew my relationship with God, I slowly let leaders around me in and I gave them permission to speak in my life and over my life. And Pastor Matt started coaching me and God started convicting me of the changes I needed to make, right? Because, hey, <laughs> you know, you got this mighty man of God telling you some stuff and you're like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to go clean home. I'm going to go clean house, right? <laughs> now, this process took time and it's okay. Um, but I was willing to make the change since I knew what had, you know, what I had done on my own before had led me to brokenness and sadness and really at the end of the day, death. Uh, and when I mean death, I don't mean physical, even though that probably could have happened, but I mean, you know, really emotional um, and just complete, just, death inside of me you know it's I was at the restaurant yesterday I work at Greek Islands and you know and there's this guy there and I'm looking at him and he's just like lifeless you know what I mean like lifeless and I'm like I remember being like that I always had this liveliness because I chose positivity over everything else but so many people need need the hope and and, and the life of Jesus you know, there's just something, there's something lit up about us, right? And that is God. Like you see it, right? And that's why I'm gonna, it's so fun being at work because I'm like, hey, how's it going, everybody? You know, they're like, wow, this guy's so much. <laughs> and you know what? And to be honest, maybe I'm too much for some people and I don't care. That's the thing. I don't apologize for it at all. <laughs> Woo! 
You know, as, as Canadians, we're always like, sorry, sorry. I'm like, no, I don't show sorrow. I'm good. I'm me. Check this out. Come over here. You want an invite card? Check it. Okay. <laughs> I'll share this with everybody. It's all good. And so after successfully making some changes, um, I too got certified for life coaching because I saw the impact it had on me. But I also noticed that, you know what? In one way or another, everybody needed coaching of some sort, right? At one point in their lives, they're all going to need something. Um, and because really accountability is key to make these positive changes, when we're tackling something that's really hard on us or something that's really ingrained in us or something that we've been brainwashed for so long or whatever the case may be, it takes time. But now we're going to go one step further, okay? So now I'm making the changes, okay? And then I feel this pressing need to make a commitment to Pastor Matt. It was like God leading me to say, hey, I need you to enter a covenant relationship with this man. And so I did. And it went something like this. In fact, I said, Pastor Matt, I don't know what I'm saying right now, but (laughs) I'm going to say it because I'm being led to say it, but I am here for you. And I'm here to be your second. And I'm here to serve with you for as long as you need me. Okay? Yeah. See, God knew that I could not do things on my own. I wanted to. I wanted to just create everything, businesses on my own, do all this stuff on my own. I I wanted that. I had the desire to do it for sure. And I had the will and the motivation to do it. But God knew that I needed a partner. But a partner that I trusted and a partner that I had immense respect for or else I would fall away. Now, check this out. We're in Okotoks, right? (laughs) And now, two years prior, I had prayed that we would get to BC because, you know, BC's, you know, you know, it's a little bit nicer here than Alberta, just saying, okay? I mean, have you have you ever ridden a motorcycle in Alberta? So boring. Okay, check it out. Do you know why all the Alberta guys have flats on their tires? Because they're riding their they're running straight to BC to have fun, right? You know what I mean? That's why I bought my bike from Alberta. I was like, wow, this thing's squared off. That's amazing. He's like, yeah, I would always ride to BC because that's where we ride. I'm like, I get it. I, I get it. Oh man, but you know what? I didn't, I didn't realize what I had just committed to when I said those words to him, okay? Um, very soon after, he's like, Kate, we're moving to Chilliwack. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, this is what I prayed for. I'm like, so like spring? And he's like, no, like next month? And I was like, okay. You know, so it was, it was actually a month and a half, two months about we moved here in February 2020. And so I just made this covenant relationship with him, right? So I just made this commitment. So I had to say yes. And I had to do it on his timeline because I'm following this man, right? And if God tells him he goes, I got to be like right there, okay? You know, I'm right there, right behind you. And so I did that. Um, Oh, yes. Okay, so this leads me to my third point. From wavering to all-in commitment. Oh, yeah. And so as a single man, I don't have a wife. I don't have a helper yet, right? That's fit for me. Um, And so I need to be in community with people that can help me because as the word of God says, it's not good for me to be alone, right? And so now, are you ready for some hard truths? Do you give me permission to be bold with you right now? Okay, now keep in mind that this message is not of condemnation, but out of love. The world teaches us that it's okay to try things and to be lukewarm to tip your toe in things, 
try things out a little bit. And that may be true for some things, but when it comes to relationships and businesses, you need to be all in. You need to go all in. You need to be committed. You know, everywhere I see a mess created by boys or wannabe men that lack commitment. They're good at making babies, but not at being a father. And what does that create? It creates a leadership problem. And that's why here at College Street Victory Church, we focus on leadership and we focus a lot on men's ministry. I have a lot of people asking me, why do we focus so much on the men here? Because we need to. Because our men are under attack in the world. Right? And... And you know what? We need to show the men here. We need to show God's love and then how to then walk in God's righteousness on his right path, right? And how to cancel out what we're taught in the world because a lot of that is wrong. As someone also who was a boy making a mess, that's me. I was doing that. I was running around making a mess. I can relate to all of that, right? But there's one thing that I learned in ministry is the impact on the children, right? And that's where my heart goes because there's a lot of these guys that walk away from their kids and I really, really, truly have a, a heart for fatherless children. I really, really do. I feel very called to them and that's because I had a really good father. I know he's watching right now. Thank you, dad. You know, right? Like, I... I didn't have to do with divorce. I didn't, I dealt with both my parents being there. There was a season where my dad worked a lot. Okay, but that's it. You know, like I was very blessed that way. Um, and you know what? If there's anything that I can do right now with my time as a single man is I do try to invest in those kids that need, that meet, that need more of a male role model and need that person for them. And so, you know, and I just, you know, I keep working on myself and they're like, they're a huge motivation for me. You know, I try to work on myself and keep bettering myself. And do I fall short? Yes. You know what? I'm human and I'm going to fall short every single day. But here's the thing. I don't use that as an excuse to keep me back. I keep moving forward and forward and forward because I am committed to becoming one day an amazing husband, an amazing father, right? Like I'm all in. Right? I know what I want. I see what I want. I see Pastor around his family. I see him having fun with his family and his kids. I'm like, wow, I want that one day. Right? And I don't, I don't mind if that's my kids or someone else's. I'd love to have my own too. But I'm just saying, like, I want that life for sure. So now that we're third points in, now we're getting to Ephesians 5. All right. Woohoo. Yeah. Okay. So Ephesians 5, 1, 2 says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a favorite offering sacrifice to God. Isn't the word of God like just beautiful? It took me, it took me a very long time to realize that the enemy had such blinders on my mind that like I could not even open a Bible for, for many, many, many years. I don't know if anybody in here can relate to that, but I, I could not open it. And, you know, and but you know what? I chose to walk in this path of love. And I've watched countless times how love restored broken people, um, broken relationships. Actually, to be honest with you, I have never seen anything not be restored that was prayed over with anyone that was willing to walk the path. 
You know what I mean? Like, you know, and I know the Joshua House men are looking at this either live now or they're going to watch it in a week from now, right before I go see them. But you know what? A lot of them are like, hey, I, I'm praying for restoration in my family. Um, you know, my addiction took them away, whatever, whatever the case is, or I made mistakes. I over It, it takes time. But God is a God of love and restoration. So in order to, to walk God's path, it takes, you know, it's in instructions, right? His path and his instructions, it will take sacrifice. And that can be very challenging. Now let's study Ephesians 5. Join me in verses 25 to 28. Woohoo! All right. There are things that will be cleansed, things in our minds, things that deal with conduct, things that have to do with character and attitude that are cleansed by water. The word water here is symbolic, referring to the word of God as well as to the Holy Spirit. Christ gave a long discourse in John 6, which we often apply at Passover time about eating his flesh and drinking his blood towards the end. And he says to his audience, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. And that's based on John 6, 63. We have in the Bible, the word of God. And Jesus says, it contains power. It has power to cleanse a person's mind because we can think only by what goes into the mind. Concepts that are contained. And in words, and words are merely symbols of ideas that we use to reason. Okay, so ideas, reason. Then we turn those ideas into action, which is then conduct, which then becomes part of our character and attitude. Okay, hold on a sec. So you're telling me that I'm putting something, an idea in my mind, which then turns into an action, which then turns into my character and attitude. Like that sits with me deep, you know what I mean? Because it's like, I used to listen to music that was garbage, okay? Do you ever listen to music, there's swear words in it, and suddenly you're swearing? Because that happens to me, and I don't like it. That's why I've deleted those, those tracks out of my playlist, right? And now it's getting to the point where I'm, I'm being convicted. I know Rick and Kamler are really good examples of this, but, you know, they watch, they only watch like really good shows, like, you know, godly shows. And, and I'm noticing now that a lot of shows out there are so dark. Like all the settings are dark. It's like the darkest lighting ever. And I'm like, I don't even like the darkness. Even if there's nothing bad going on, I don't even like the shows anymore. I'm like, yep, next. Oh, perfect. Something prank. Cool. Awesome. Bird. Awesome. You know, I want to see like sunshine. I want to see beaches. I want to see changes, live changes. I want to see something that inspires me. Not just plain entertainment. Like I'm just, I'm just saying because whatever goes in here, right? Because then that becomes who you are. And I don't, I, I'm being more sensitive to that. Uh, it's funny, actually, being more sensitive to everything, even food and everything going to my body because I want to be a healthier version of myself, right? Yeah, I know, I know. We're going to go have crazy gringo after. You might not see the best version. But I'm just saying, overall, I try to be the best version, okay? So husbands, love your... This is, uh, this is Ephesians 5, 25, 28. If you have your Bible, if you have your phone, follow, me, uh, follow with me. It's on the screen. Perfect. Even better. Husbands, love your wives just as the church loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In other places in the Bible, the Holy Spirit is compared to water and to oil. And both of these can sanitize you, they can clean you, they can revitalize you. It's amazing. It has a cleansing 
power. And we're really familiar with how water can can cleanse things. That is the official solvent. But what we don't know is we don't really use oil to cleanse things. But on the other hand, we know that the Samaritan in the parable treated the man's wounds with oil and it had a purifying effect on him. And that's based on Luke 10, 34. Therefore, we are washed with the water of the word of God in conjunction with a new nature that is given to us by God through his spirit. And this begins to help us understand why studying the word of God is so important, right? And that's why I had to start understanding and reading the Bible, okay? And I'm not gonna say every day is easy to read it, but that app sure helps me, the version app. I don't know if you don't have it, but it's got a verse of a day. So at least I'm getting my daily verse and hopefully I get more than that. Uh, But we need those words in us so we can think according to them and then that goes into our heart. And if we believe those words, they will begin to purify and cleanse the way we think, right? And therefore, the way we act. And so then we shall speak the words of God over our lives and over the lives of others. Now let's look at another translation to help us better understand the meaning of these verses. So now we're gonna go to the message version. Um, Hey, this is something I didn't know, by the way. Okay, I didn't actually know back in the day that there was different versions that you could read, right? And so if you don't understand something in the word of God, try a different version, try a different version, try a different version until it clicks in, you know? And if you're looking for something in the world, like one of the biggest things that I learned is if the world is saying something to instead of just taking it as a fact, then take what they're saying and bring it to the word of God. See what the Bible says about that. And it's awesome because you can literally go on Google and say, hey, what does the Bible say about this? Boom, brings up verses and then you can decipher that. And if you cannot decipher that, bring it to us here in leaders in church and, and you know, in the connect groups and everything else that we have and help us help you make better decisions, right? Because a lot of the things that the world says, usually you have to do the opposite because the opposite is true or correct. But, That's just a little plug for you because that's something I wish I learned years ago. (laughs) Um, Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving and not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her, dressing her in a dazzling white silk, radiant, with holiness, and that is how husbands ought to love their wives. They really, they're really doing themselves a favor since they're already one in marriage. So, what is this saying to you? To look after your wife, love her, cherish her, and bring the best out of her so that she presents well. Because a good wife makes you look good, as well as investing in her is mutually beneficial. We need to do this exact same thing with the church, right? So, you know, with her, it's like, it's about bringing the best for God and making God look good. We need to love, cherish, and bring the best out of her, which is the church. So people are attracted to the church and want to be here. And so we need to leave our lives as Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says, we need to show how God's love everywhere we go. Why? Well, because we are the vessels to bring the people to him and to bring the lost into relationship with him, which is the whole purpose of why we're here today, really, right? The church is us as the people, but it's also, the church is also known as the physical building. 
The building is also, you know, it's the place that makes it possible for us to gather here, you know, and so it's, it's, it's what helps us accomplish our mission. And so we want to make it look as inviting as possible. Now let's jump into verse 32. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. Ooh, so point number four, last point. Go all out for the church by being all in. Yes. So this profound mystery that verse 32 speaks about, it speaks to the union between Christ and the church. The bond between Christ and the church should be the closest in all human relationships. A good biblical marriage is not only the union of body with body, but of soul with soul. It is the meeting of mind and emotions between husband and wife. The loving relationship of Christ to the church is a paradigm for the husband to love his wife. Marriage is not simply a male and female rooming together. Biblically, it is a blending of two souls together where they become one. And as a single man, I take these words seriously because I am preparing for my future wife. And in the meantime, even after I meet her, I will and I will continue to take care and look after the bride of Christ, which is his church. Okay. And so in that, I see three components. One is the people that come here, the people that I should invite to join us. And third, like I spent some decent time this week on this building, okay? Because it is where we gather. And, you know, and this takes a lot of sacrifice. It really does because I'm sacrificing my time, some money in order to make it happen. But I'm committed to the cause, and everyone who has left houses or, or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much as will inherit eternal life. That's Matthew 19, 29. So in those words, I'm telling you right now, whatever sacrifice I feel it is, it's an investment because God will repay me a hundred times fold. And I see that in the joy and the happiness that he gives me, you know, because I did not have that before. And so what is our cause? What is our our, our our mission given to us was well, a great commission and it's to bring people to the Lord so that they can have a relationship with him and so they can change their lives for eternity. Now imagine if we decided to be all in when it comes to this church. It's people, it's community, and most importantly, it's calling. Imagine who we could all reach impact for the kingdom of God. Now while being all in, the whole world would know there's victory in the valley. Woohoo! Right? No matter what valley you're going through, Jesus is all in for you. Psalms 23, 4 says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. So today's takeaway is the church needs you to be all in. I hope that spoke to you. Yes. Good. You know, most people don't understand how simple it is to start a relationship with God. And Romans 10, 9 simply states that if we believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord and we confess our sins, we will be saved. So now I'm asking you, are you willing to make that commitment today? If so, I'd like you to repeat this after me. And if you've done it before, I'd like you to again repeat it after me. 
Why don't we stand up for this part here real quick? And once you're signing up, I'd like you to just bow your heads and repeat after me out loud, okay? And for the ones of you that know this prayer really well, I want you to do it to encourage the ones that are new. It might be a little harder for them as it was for me one day. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are God and I believe that you died for my sins and rose again three days later. Thank you for paying the ultimate sacrifice for my sins and for forgiving me. Thank you for accepting me just as I am. I no longer want to do life without you. I want to have a relationship with you. So I invite you into my heart right here, right now. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And so I'd just like you to sit in this moment, eyes closed, heads bowed. And I would like to ask you three questions today. One, I'd like just to lift up your hand if this message kind of shook you in one way or another, if it spoke to you today. You know, if that was a message like, yeah, I needed to hear that today. I know someone that needs to hear this today. Like, that's awesome. Hands all over the room. Thank you. Second question for you is this. If that was your first time inviting God into your heart, inviting Jesus to your heart, will you let me know by a little wave? Just let me know, hey, you know what? That was my first time that I ever did that. That's the first time that I invited God into my heart. Beautiful. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. And the, the last question I got to ask you is if maybe you went away from, from God for a while. Maybe you went away from his righteous path like I was talking about for a little while. And that's okay. I made that mistake too. If you're recommitting to him today, just let me know by waving your hand. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you, God. Isn't God amazing? Isn't he beautiful? So good. Now, we do things a little different around here, as I'm sure you've noticed. <laughs> but we like to open it up for baptism here. And Matthew 28, 19, 9 to 20 says, it's very clear as day. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son. Oh, perfect. I got to step back. <laughs> And so he teaches us to, to baptize by the Son, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. And so this is the Great Commission. You know, we make it easy for you here at College Street. We take away all of the excuses that might happen. Hello. Um, we have fresh clothing here. We've got towels. We've got everything that you need right here, okay? And so anything that may, that may hinder you from making that decision, we've got it. So if you feel God tugging your heart to get baptized, this is your moment. And I'll invite you to come down. And while we start to praise God again and worship, I will wait right down here for you. And if you're ready, I would be honored to baptize you. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. 
If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.